0: There's only one place Formula One drivers want to be, in front of everyone else. And if they're racing for the championship, it's
1: first or nothing. Being second wasn't enough for the whole team and not enough to win the world championship. And that's why we've been very self-critical at the end of the year and tried to uh, improve in all the areas that we could.
0: A strong start, a fading challenge. Ferrari's Charles Leclerc ended 2022 looking up at the champion, Red Bull's Max Verstappen, and looking back
1: on what might have been. We had quite a lot of reliability problems in the first time. Then we had some strategy mistakes that cost us quite a bit of points too. Then in Paul Ricard, I did a mistake and lost um, 25 points because I'm, I'm pretty sure we could have won that race. Charles knows how far he's come and he knows how far he can go whether it's in the bad days or good days you always understand something more when we will be the best all together that's where we will win the world championship
0: hello and welcome to a new season of f1 beyond the grid with me tom clarkson Whether you discovered the podcast over the winter or are returning for another season, it's great to have you on board. I think this year is going to be fantastic. And we start with the brilliant, thoughtful, funny and fast Charles Leclerc. He was second in 2022's championship and he's determined to be first in 2023. And he's been reunited with a very important figure from his early career. Fred Vasseur, who's worked with Leclerc since he was in go-karts, is now the team principal of Ferrari. Will that combination help the team, as Charles says, be the best altogether? If so, and if the car is quick, a championship charge could be on the cards. Charles and I sat down to talk during the pre-season test in Bahrain. We spoke about the new boss, the new car, plus Charles' friendship with teammate Carlos Sainz, how he reflects on a frustrating 2022, and how he switches off from the stresses of Formula 1. An incredible combination of hauling himself up frozen cliffs and playing the piano. He even played something for us. I hope you enjoy that and our conversation. Charles, great to have you on the show again. You're looking ridiculously well, I must say. You've obviously had a
1: good winter. I did, I did. We were actually at the same place. (laughs) Uh, No, I I had a very good winter. I uh, spent a bit more time with my uh, family um, and then did a really good training camp in Italy. um, Skiing, ice climbing, doing a bit of crazy things, but it uh, it was fun. I want to
0: talk to you about that in more detail, but with the new season kicking off, I think a lot of people listening to this want to know about this year's car, the SF23.
1: It is very early to uh, speak about how quick the car is, because the first day of testing is normally done for doing various tests, take all the data from this test and see whether it correlates well with whatever we expected the car to do in those conditions. And everything that we expected, we, we had it. So uh, there was no big surprises, which, is a, uh, which means that the first day was a successful one and a good one. We didn't focus on performance at all. Um, more laps we will do more, we'll focus on trying to set up the car the right way in order to extract more performance. But the first day was a positive one. Uh, no problems on the car also, that is very important. Um, and now we'll focus again a bit more on the filling.
0: Charles, you've told me in the past that you know within a few laps, whether a car is born
1: well? I I think I changed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like in, in today's world, in Formula One, you've got so many things that you can change on the car to hide the real performance. At the end, it's a relative sport. I mean, sometimes I've had a car that feels good and until you see the lap time, you're like, okay, this feels pretty good. And then you have a very bad surprise watching the lap time. And sometimes it's, it's, it's the other way. Sometimes the car feels really difficult to drive and, and you feel like you are really struggling. But compared to the others, you are struggling less and you are the fastest. So it is very difficult to say. Uh, having said that, on the first day when data are correlating well with the factory, this is normally a good sign. But we still need to wait and see... Uh, where we are compared to Red Bull and Mercedes. Aston Martin also uh, seemed to be quick yesterday. Um, But again, we we don't know what they are doing for now. So uh, I think the best thing to do during this test is to focus on ourselves, not focus too much on others' performance. And uh, that's how we'll be in the best position for... Uh, to fight for, for next week. How do the cars feel this year? Because there's been some
0: technical changes. We've got new Pirelli compounds, the floor has been raised a little bit at the edges. Do the cars feel nicer to drive than last year?
1: Let's say that is very uh, first fillings. And again, we are not in the optimal window uh, of, of the car yet because this is not the the goal yet. But uh, first filling feels uh, pretty similar to where we ended uh, last year. And there were some changes that normally should hurt the, the car performance for, for this year, especially the, um, the floor. So uh, this is a good sign. It means that the engineers did a good work to, uh, to recover the, the time lost by those changes.
0: Do you think we're going to see a recurrence of the, the porpoising, the bouncing that dominated or was a subplot at least
1: of last year? Um, oh, that's my... <laughs> And wake up. <laughs> um, no, I, I I don't think so. Uh, I hope not. Um, yesterday again, we we tried different configurations to try and induce it a bit more to see uh, exactly if it got better compared to last year. Um, but but I don't think we'll see more of it this year than last year.
0: That was your alarm going off on your phone. Yes, it was.
1: But wake up for what? It's it's eleven thirty in the morning. <laughs> No, I'm joking. I'm joking. This is my alarm clock when I'm back in Monaco okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have work to do. Look, Charles, when you've had
0: a few months out of the car, can you just describe what it's like for a driver to get back in to a Formula One car? And just can you describe how extreme it
1: feels? It's crazy. I mean, every year I feel like I am better prepared than the year before to get back into a Formula One car. And every year I get surprised by how quick these cars are. But I think for me what is the the most crazy is you do the first 15 laps and you think you are completely on the limit of the car and then you do the second session and you are three tenths quicker and the third session and you are again three tenths quicker and from the first session it maybe takes three or four sessions to actually get back to speed with the driving and you gain nine tenths which which is nine tenths one second which is huge in our sport. So yeah, the brain just have to re-understand exactly where's the limit of the car, what to focus on, and it's all in the smallest detail, um, and the smallest detail can make a, a big difference. And what area of performance surprises your body the most? I think I think the braking uh the braking is what is most crazy with uh with these cars. Uh the amount of downforce and grip we have under braking is is crazy. We arrive at three fifty and we brake at uh seventy meters uh uh from the corner. Um so everything is going very very quickly in this phase and um, and there you need to readapt a little bit your your brain to uh, function that quickly
0: what about the feel in the brake pedal because i'm told that you're putting 120 kilos at maximum brake pressure yeah. do you have any feel when you're putting that much pressure on a pedal
1: you do because to me at least and and this is very particular particular for every drivers but I don't put 120 kilos only with my leg. Most of it is coming from the weight of my, my body moving. And I'm actually using that to press on the pedal. Um, which at the end, I think what I do with the actual muscle of the leg is, is much less. Uh, so I get a bit more precision doing that. But this is very unique to every driver. Some use a lot the, the body weight when they brake. Um, some others just use the leg. Okay, that's really interesting. Look, you say you're better
0: prepared than ever. Can I ask you a little bit more about what you got up to in the winter and that training camp in Italy? I mean, on the face of it, going skiing looks a real laugh, but how strenuous is that? Or are you constantly going uphill, not
1: downhill? No, I'm also going downhill. <laughs> uh, I'm really careful doing uh, going downhill. Um, but it was a very hard training, but I absolutely loved it. Uh, So we did uh, uh, ski touring. Um, So that's that's going uphill. And I actually enjoyed it for the first time of my life. In the past, I used to hate it. So I mean, there's no speed, no adrenaline. Uh, What do you enjoy about going
0: uphill on skis?
1: Well, this year I had a very good um, material, very light skis, which... Is more pleasing. You can push more, uh, so so this felt good. And actually, we were always doing the ski touring to get to a place where we then did ice climbing. So I was having my adrenaline once I was At, tell climbing us more on ice. ice climbing, right? Pickaxes and everything. Yeah, and this I love. This I love because it's great for physical training. You is it also all upper body, or are you using your legs to push yourself up? You use your legs a lot more than what I thought the legs are super important to use actually to uh, uh to climb um and at first i was only using my arms so after 10 meters i was <laughs> completely dead but good now training though good training <laughs> yeah but um yeah now i'm a bit better at it i've done it a few times now um and and i really 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 enjoy it and that's where i get my adrenaline rush no? and and then, of course, then you need to go downhill. So then we ski uh, downhill, which is the fun part. This ice climbing, it's not free climbing.
0: You 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 are you have a safety cord, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> not yet. And I'm hearing a rumor that you want to go and climb
1: a mountain with your brothers, Lorenzo and Arta. Is that right? Yes. This came from them, mostly. But they started to convince me. But I don't think they are aware of how hard it is. Uh, it depends which one we want to do but uh, any any plans mont blanc not yet i mean uh, there are no plans yet they just told me we need to do that one day (laughs) um but but they just need to train a little bit because i'm training for that but they are not yet so uh so yeah next time i might bring them to the training i guess the point is you seem very comfortable in the mountains right in the winter for me it's uh see the summer and mountain the winter. So that's why Monaco is such a great place for
0: you to live because you've got the sea on one side and the Alp maritime behind you. Ah, uh, yeah, it's it's perfect.
1: <laughs> I'm really happy there.
0: Now look, also in the winter, you got to drive a legendary Formula One car, the, the Ferrari that Michael Schumacher took to victory in the, the
1: 2003 Formula One World Championship. What was that like? Uh, this, was, this was really incredible. Uh, first of all, I have to thank my uh, friend Thomas Floor for this opportunity as it was his car. Um, that he bought some uh, some months ago, and uh, we went to Abu Dhabi, and it was like a karting day with Formula One cars. So he had <laughs> his uh, 2017 car and his 2003 car, and we'll jump from one car to the other whenever we whenever we we wanted, and we did that for the whole afternoon, which was uh, which was incredible. Uh, the 2003 car is very very special. On the other hand, it also shows me how much progress there was from 2003 to now in terms of downforce. The downforce that we have in today's car is absolutely incredible. And I think it's uh, very difficult to understand how much progress there's been made from 2003 to now. Having said that, the the weight of the 2003 car, it's just so fun to drive in the low speed do, corners. Do you
0: really notice the difference in the weight?
1: Yes. Yes, you do a lot. Just how agile the car is how much you can play with the rear of the car. It's, it's, very, it's very fun to drive. The cars of today, once you lose the rear, <laughs> to take it back, it's fun in a way, but you need to be crazy for it to find it fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, the 2003 car, when you lose the rear, it's much more enjoyable to, uh, to control it. And um, yeah, a bit more easy to control it, but in a fun way. There's some great footage, in-car footage of you driving that car on YouTube. You look like you were pushing quite hard. I did push quite hard. Not too hard, because it wasn't my car. (laughs) And it's still the 2003 of of Michael's. Uh, So uh, I have a lot of respect for that. Uh, So I had that in mind, but I enjoyed it. I did quite a bit of laps with it uh, during the afternoon. So... uh, I could push it. And, and as I said, it, it's fun to have a bit of oversteer with this car. So I, I tried to uh, to create it just to have more fun.
0: Can we talk lap times? What was the difference? I mean, pole last year in Abu Dhabi was a
1: 22.8. We had quite a bit of fuel in the car for me to do quite a lot of laps. Okay. Um, <laughs> tyres, did you have? We had the demo tyres of Pirelli, so there, there, it wasn't exactly the same tyres as they had back then, um, but I can tell you 2017 and 2003, which were the two cars that were driving uh, these day, and it was pretty similar lap time, but achieved in very different ways. The 2017 was extremely quick in the high speed, losing time in the low speed, and uh, vice versa. The the 2003 was very quick in the low speed and losing quite a lot of time in the high speed.
0: With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found.
1: That project manager I could never seem to hire? And
0: found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Now, what else about your winter? I know you went to see the
1: NBA in Paris. I did. Are you a fan? Um... A fan is a big word. I really, really like going there and watching the show and the fact that they had a game in in, uh, in Paris. Um, I was there too, so that was the perfect occasion to to go again. I'm not following all the season, but whenever I'm in the US, um, I'm trying to go and see a game, yes. And you were hanging out with um, Pierre and Esteban? Yes, we were. Good fun? We had great fun. Um, yeah, we went to see uh, the game, uh, All all of us three um we were sat next to each other so we could speak uh formula one mostly because i think esteban also wasn't had a similar knowledge of myself about nba <laughs> which is not much uh pierre you have was, an
0: advantage because of his height as well right
1: if you play exactly it. yeah exactly and then with pierre we had also an activity together playing with um noah and uh, parker two legends of basketball which was fun and uh that was another proof that I did well doing the racing driver because uh, every basketball or football is definitely not my thing. Not your thing? No. What is your thing outside of driving? I mean I like playing football but I'm really bad at it.
0: I mean I think you might know where I'm going with this
1: because you yes. can see just behind you we have yes. a Steinway. No you no 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 don't <laughs> lie <laughs> this is not a Steinway this is a <laughs> mini piano
0: can I tell you why I've, I've brought that? Because last time you were on the show, we, we were having a bit of fun about you playing the piano. And I, I said to you, oh, Charles, I don't believe you play the piano that well. And you said, bring a piano to the next race and I will prove that I can play the piano. Now, it's not quite the next race and it's not really. And it's not really a piano. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm gonna try my best. Okay, let's, can you play something?
1: I can try. The piano is too short for this. <laughs> uh, let me try. What, what, you, what, what are you trying to play? Uh, well, the one I normally play. I, I can just improvise with what I have here. So.
0: We're, all, we're also missing a key, which is a bit unfortunate. Is that an important one? Uh,
1: I can still <laughs> get to it, but it's much more difficult. But it's fine. I will.
0: it's it's beautiful thank
1: you very much <laughs> for being nice to me
0: so next year next year you want a steamer? You, you want I, a grand I want, piano i want a real piano and i will i will play now look being serious uh, i know i people, am being serious <laughs> no but for people who can't obviously can't see you playing uh, you looked very comfortable with it you clearly do play so i need to eat my words from last time can i just ask you about the piano what does it do for you why do you play music
1: i love it because it helps me not thinking about anything else than what I do at that moment, which is play piano, play music. It helps me to disconnect from everything else. And uh, especially in a season where things get sometimes tough, but even if they don't get tough, even if they are very happy and everything is going well on track, I think it's great disconnecting from, from racing sometimes. And um, piano is the best way that I found to, uh, for me to think about something else and, and relax myself.
0: So it's escapism for you?
1: Yes, it is. And do you take, do you take something like that with you on the road? I don't. I, I'm starting to play guitar for that exact reason, because a piano is quite difficult to bring around. A guitar is a bit more easy. Um, How's that going? Okay. I mean, I like music, and you don't need much to actually enjoy playing an instrument. So uh, enough for me to uh, enjoy it. And for the guitar fans listening to this, tell us a little bit about
0: the guitar you've got.
1: Oh, I've got... a uh, Fender. No, 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 I have a very—it's a—it's a new guitar which I actually quite enjoy. It's a Lava 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 Mi Three is the number number three, which is a guitar. It's an acoustic guitar, but with a st- strange system in it that where you can have um, ec- echoes, yeah. um, and you can add au- audio effect, which makes it sounds a lot cooler and a lot better than I am so uh, it's uh, yeah I, I really like it and is it harder to learn or easier to learn than the, than the piano and does it give you that same escapism that you get when you're playing your Steinway no I prefer the piano for now but probably because my level at the piano is better than the one at, at the guitar so um, yeah it's unfair to judge for now but uh, time will tell well it's fantastic thank you for being a good sport by the way and playing the piano
0: I did want to ask if you've developed any other new skills or hobbies since we last had you on the show? Um, I think you've taken up paddle, sort of, you know, that's tennis with wolves,
1: isn't it? Yes, I love paddle. You're still playing? I'm still playing, um, but I think I was already playing last year. Ice climbing is becoming more of a thing now, but yeah, paddle, I really, really enjoy it because, uh, oh oh uh, yeah, Mia is uh, showing me, I, I've started my um, uh, flying lessons Uh, to actually pass my flying license. But to be honest, it's just to mention it because I started last year, then the season started and I didn't have much time to actually practice it. And now I'm a bit like, every year is going to be the same. I mean, every year I'm going to have my first race and then it's very intense, so I won't be able to fly. So when am I going to fly? Because I'm not very confident. It's not like a car where you learn how to drive a car and then you don't forget it. Or maybe you forget some things that are not important in flying. If you start to have doubts while flying about the things you've learned. Um, Yeah, I I am not so confident about continuing it because I don't know when I will need it, but I'll probably take some lessons just to have the pleasure of flying with someone that knows how to do it. So we're talking fixed wing, not not helicopters, right? No, not helicopters, fixed wings. So you're, you're trying to get your PPL, my PPL which i i did like 12 12 hours um already do you find
0: it easy the sort of coordination between i, mean, I imagine it comes naturally to the
1: theory is a bit more difficult um not crazy difficult i mean i was quite passionate about it so i put a lot of effort in it so i, I was going quite quick but the the how do you say that the actual the joystick, it yeah. Um, yeah this this was quite easy for me Oh, what's the plan, to fly yourself to races around Europe? Or? No, but that's what I meant before. It's, it's do not a some... Niki Lauda, start your own airline. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I, I'm not at that point yet. Um, I would like to continue, but I, I don't really know because once the season starts, then I don't have much time to fly anymore. And then I'm not confident going in a plane after not flying for six months because it's something that you practice and that you always need to do it. Because if something goes wrong, it goes clearly wrong and I don't want to get in that uh, situation. So it's something that I will continue for now and uh, and see later on. And, and just to go back
0: to the escapism, that's what piano does for you. When you're up there, free as a
1: bird, how do you feel? Really good. Um, this is also one, one thing that makes me think about something else. Um, and you are really into it. You need to put a lot of concentration into it. There's also this adrenaline um, because it's not something every day, uh, that you do every day and that everybody does uh, flying an airplane. So it's uh, it's really fun. And for our Italians primarily listening, you're a policeman. I'm pointing
0: you towards Buzz Lightyear. Yes, you, a cameo in Buzz Lightyear, the Italian version. Is that right? How, how did you? Yeah, I mean, it was right. a very
1: short cameo. I did the uh, two sentences, oh, okay. but it was fun and and crazy how um, how professional it is and how much work there is just for two sentences. I, I cannot imagine what it's like to do a whole film. Um, yeah, it was cool. I did these two sentences around 100 times to get the <laughs> which uh, sound exactly the same to me but very different to the professional of uh, uh, of films so uh, it was interesting so
0: the point is you are very busy now in everything you seem to just be embracing everything about the fortunate position you are in as a Ferrari racing driver right eh?
1: yes but at the same time I mean we have s- the great thing about being a Formula One driver, and, and for that we are very lucky and I am very lucky to be in that position, is that you get offered very a lot of opportunities. The bad thing that comes with it is that you need to say no to a lot of these opportunities. Um, what I try to do is to obviously take some of those opportunities but keeping in mind that obviously my main job is to be fast on track and, and this is very clear to me. Uh, so I'm always trying to do that in a time efficient way to be the best driver on track because this is my priority.
0: So look, let's, let's talk drivers. We'll start with your teammate Carlos. Year three of you two being together. Can we say that you're, you're truly teammates or is, is it still
1: a very competitive rivalry? No, of course, we are we are really good teammates. I mean, uh, we have a very good relationship. We know how to work together. But I cannot say that this is not a competitive rivalry because we are extremely competitive. But I I don't think these goals I I think these can go together. Um, in a way that yes we are very competitive once we put the helmet on but we know how to work together outside the car so it's, uh, it's really good I loved the launch when you
0: know you tossed a coin to see who was going to drive it first there aren't many teammates I can see
1: being able to do that yeah it was fun but it was the fairest way uh, to decide who will drive first um, but it was, uh, it was fun
0: he seemed to struggle more than you with last year's car do you require different things from a car in order to be quick
1: in terms of balance yes in terms of car in itself i i think in in um, in today's world all formula one drivers knows how to adapt to a different car then you can have a preference of balance whether you prefer an oversteer car or an, or an understeer car but this with the setup range that we have in today's car you can you can change that so um, he maybe struggled a little bit a little bit more at the beginning of, of the season but Carlos was extremely quick at, at, at the end of the season so uh, yeah he will be there this year for sure
0: Charles Leclerc takes the fastest lap of the race and wins the Australian Grand Prix and Bilan yes What a comfortable victory that was for the championship leader. Ferrari, the 1-2 on the grid here in Monaco for Charles Leclerc. Well, he is going to finish, but not on the podium.
1: And before, no words. No words.
0: They messed up strategy. They got it wrong. Charles Leclerc has crashed out of the French Grand Prix after leading so much of it. And for the third time this season, Charles Leclerc,
1: when leading a race, won't go on to finish it. It's my fault, and if I keep doing mistakes like this, then I deserve to not win the championship.
0: Max Verstappen wins the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix to take his 15th win of the 2022 season. Second place goes to Charles Leclerc. He has taken second place in the Drivers' Championship. Charles. How much time do you spend over the winter? Probably not very much given how busy you've been, but how much time do you spend reflecting on the year that's just been trying to learn from it and what you can take from 2022 and use in 2023?
1: We we do that basically in two parts. So we have the first part, which is right after the last race in Abu Dhabi, where we all come back to the factory. We all do a, a, a big debrief of the whole season um, with our respective engineer and try to understand what we could have done better. What were the races where we struggled more, why? And then we take the break. And then before the first test of the season, so before uh, here, we uh, I spent, I think, two weeks straight in Maranello, just to focus on what are the actions that we take from those difficult weekends last year, and what are the things that we will do differently this year in order to improve. So yeah, there are these two parts that are very, very interesting. In between is the break so uh, I try to not think about racing too much Um, but if anything comes to my mind I write it and and uh, mention it once I come back. How do you reflect on 2022? Well I think it's a huge step forward I mean we we tend to forget from how far we come in 2020 and 2021 but it is also good that we have this mindset Uh, being second wasn't enough for the whole team and 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 even though the two years prior to that was, were very difficult two years. Um, so I think it was a really big step forward, not enough to win the World Championship. And that's why we've been very self-critical at the end of the year and tried to uh, um, improve in all the areas that we that we called. So you were you were
0: leading the World Championship after three races last year. Do you understand why the performance dropped off in the middle of the year?
1: Well, it was a combination of, of things. We had quite a lot of reliability problems in the first time. Then we had some strategy mistakes that cost us quite a bit of points too. Um, then in Paul Ricard, I did a mistake and lost um, 25 points because I'm, I'm pretty sure we could have won that race. Um, so all in all, that made us lost a little bit the the way. And. Um, And then for the second part of of the season, unfortunately, we were just not as competitive as Red Bull was. And this is something that uh, we have analyzed, that we are trying to address the weaknesses that we have on last year's car with this year's car in order to gain performance. But I guess this is more of a normal thing. Uh, What I mean by a normal thing is you always try to gain performance with 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 the uh, with the work you are doing the other things were more issues that we try to uh, address for for this year with the reliability issue that i'm pretty confident will be better but let's let's wait and see and the strategy mistakes in some moments um that again we have tried to to address with uh, uh, with this year analyzing the the bad races of of last year and then personally trying to do a step forward obviously always trying to uh to push to the limit but uh, but doing less mistakes. Tyre deg
0: in the races seems to be a thing later on in the year. Do you feel the new compounds in 23 will help with that?
1: I think that tyre deg in a way at the end of the year was more of a thing because the car was not as quick as the Red Bull one and when you need to push more at the beginning of the of the race to try and stay with them you are of course, destroying the tires more and then you see a higher deck. But I felt like at the beginning of the year, we were more competitive, so we could take a bit more margin at the beginning of the race, bring the tires nicely in. And that plays a huge part in tire degradation. So what we saw at the end of the year, I don't think is a particular problem on tire degradation, even though I think there's a lot of work that we still need to do to improve. But I felt like it was also part of the lack of of performance uh, that we had at the end of the year.
0: But that, lack of performance relative to red bull you you could argue caused all of the issues right the tire egg yes but maybe uh the reliability issues because you were pushing things harder there maybe paul ricard that mistake was because you were absolutely on the limit trying to keep him behind you so it was a reflection of the pace of the two cars is that I, fair is that I, fair
1: um I don't think it's fair because, uh, because I think that at the beginning of the season, on the first part of, this, of the season, we had a very competitive car. So I, I don't think this is an excuse for the mistakes that has been made at the beginning of the season. But it is fair to say that I think this was the case for the second part of the season um, and that tyre degradation was probably accentuated by the fact that we were just weren't as quick as the first part of the season. Who else
0: are you looking forward to racing this year?
1: Who do you think are going to be your main rivals? I'm sure Mercedes will be in the fight. I heard loads of good things during the winter break uh, of Aston Martin, but it's still to be seen. I mean, yesterday they were quick for the first day, but again, you don't know their fuel level. You don't know their engine modes. You don't know, you don't know much, so uh, it's very difficult to comment for now. Would you welcome Aston
0: Martin back at the front with, with Alonso in particular?
1: I mean, I, I would welcome anyone, really. Yeah. <laughs> I would love for us to have a championship where all 10 teams are fighting, uh, or at least have a chance to fight for a win at one point, and that are very, very closely matched. In Formula 2, this was the case. In Formula 3, this was the case. And this is amazing because the driver can make a little bit the difference. Whenever you push, you over push the, the limit, you pay the price much more than what I will do last year if I was doing a bad lap in qualifying. I probably would end up fourth in qualifying behind Carlos and the Red Bull. And so you don't pay that measure the price of, of that small mistake, where if everyone is closely matched, if you do that small mistake in qualifying, you pass from first to P10 or P11, which I think is more exciting. How important is momentum in this sport? Do you feel that,
0: Red Bull having won the last two Drivers' Championships and, and been so strong last year, start with an
1: advantage? I don't, I don't think it's that important, to be honest. Um, because we've had a difficult second part of the season last year, but we've learned massively and, um, and we've put so much effort in understanding why we have been worse in the second half of the season, what we can do better. And all of these things makes us very confident that we have done a step from last year to this year. So, yeah, I don't put a particular importance on momentum, no.
0: You've got a new boss. Well, your new boss is your old boss. Welcome to Fred Vasseur, obviously. um, What's it like working with Fred again? It's strange to see him in red. <laughs> um, Has he changed
1: since 2018 when you were at Sauber together? No, I don't think he changed that much, actually. Um... And it's a good thing. Um I changed quite a bit because when I arrived I was in my first season in Formula One. Now it's my sixth season in Formula One, I think. So I'm I'm pretty sure he will say something different. But it's something that I never expected. I mean I met Fred when I was young. Uh and uh now I'm still young but in a very different uh place in Formula One with Ferrari and uh it's great to um yeah to work with him again.
0: He seems to have come in, and, and I mean, he's making changes already, isn't he?
1: Yeah, not not huge changes, but um, I think it's impressive because Ferrari is a huge team. Alfa Romeo is a big team, but uh, obviously, there's not all the engine parts uh, that now he has to manage also in Ferrari, and there are much, there are many more people in in Ferrari. So to arrive in Ferrari and understand Ferrari. As quickly as he did um, is is very impressive and he did it in in, in in the best way possible I think he's amazing putting to to extract the best out of the people and to put those people in the best conditions possible to for them to uh, to perform at their best and um, this is this is really important I think it would be great why is he so
0: good at working with racing drivers? what does he say what is it about him that makes you and Carlos, but everyone, every driver he's ever worked with want to do so well
1: for him? Again, I think it's just, it's the same point as before. He's extremely good at putting us in the right condition to perform at our best. There's not a particular example, but you know that he's always there for you and if you need to speak or whatsoever, and he feels the people really, really well. So yeah, I think his biggest strength is putting the people in the in the right operating window for for them to extract uh, the best out of it. Well, Charles, we're almost at the end of this. I did just want to ask
0: you, is the Charles Leclerc I'm looking at now the best version of yourself that
1: there's ever been? Yes, for sure. Um, Because I feel like with experience, you only get better and better from, uh, uh, from years after years. I always learn something and it's a sport where you always find something within you. Whether it's in the bad days or good days, you, you always understand something more and uh, and improve. So, uh, yes, for sure. Are you going to be more
0: vocal in the car about things like strategy and what you need to perform? Do you, do you feel that you need to take a little bit more control over some of the decisions that
1: are made? I am really vocal within the team of what I want. And... Um this, I think, is the right approach. So this, I won't change. I won't be more vocal outside the car because I don't care what people really think. Um, what I care is that I am feeling good with myself, doing the absolute best within the team to, to improve things. And this is my, my main focus. In terms of being more vocal once I'm in the car and taking more in hand the decision, I don't, I don't think this is the way forward because people don't understand how little information we have in the car about the whole situation uh, during a race. I strongly believe that if we get better as a team, and when I say as a team, it's everybody involved speaking about strategy, looking at the strategy. This is when we will be the best all together. That's where we will win the world championship. We won't win a world championship If I am making the decisions on my own in the car, this is not how it works. So uh, and on that, I'm convinced. So uh, I will I'll keep this approach. You've said this is the best
0: version of yourself that we've seen in Formula One. Is this the best version of Ferrari that we've
1: seen since you've been at the team? Yes, I strongly believe. And and it's the same uh, thinking behind Uh, after every season. I feel like we do a step um, with these two parts that I was speaking earlier on after the last race we try and see and and understand where we did the things wrong and then just before this new season we take actions to improve those things so uh, yes of that I'm also sure well all that remains to be said from me is best of luck this
0: year you've got a lot of fans listening to this who are going to be pushing you shouting at the TV so uh, just best of luck hope it goes well thank
1: you very much thank you
0: Charles is in great form, isn't he? He's confident, he's funny, he's better prepared than ever, and he believes in the Scuderia. If this year's Ferrari is good enough, he's ready to win the World Championship. I think that's clear. But one of the reasons why I love talking to Charles is because he's got so many interests. Formula One is his life, but he manages to have passions outside of it. Ice climbing, skiing, now flying and playing the guitar, and of course, the piano. Thanks for being such a good sport with the Steinway I took to the Bahrain test, Charles. And one day I'll provide you with a proper piano. Thanks for your time, Charles. It was great to catch up. Now, as ever, please can we have your feedback about each episode and about the show as a whole. Please send any thoughts you have to me at Tom Clarkson F1 on Twitter or use the hashtag F1BeyondTheGrid. And if you haven't already, please follow the podcast on whatever app you use and leave us a rating and a review. We love reading those. The F1 Nation 2023 season preview is out now featuring Pedro De La Rosa, Damon Hill, Natalie Pinkham, myself and F1 experts from the Netherlands, France, Germany and Italy. Search F1 Nation to listen before the first race this weekend. And head to f1.com for all the build up to the Bahrain Grand Prix and join F1 Unlocked for exclusive articles, features, and much more. I'll be back next week with another big guest. For now, thanks for listening. F1 Beyond the Grid is produced by Formula One and Audio Boom Studios. Until next time, keep it flat out.